Welcome to the Reaching New Heights podcast. I'm Megan Gallagher, author, speaker, and mental health advocate. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a new guest. We'll dive into their life story and we'll get to see how they reached new heights. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the Reaching New Heights podcast with me, Megan Gallagher. Today, we have an extraordinary guest on the show. She is a dancer, choreographer, a guide, and the dance captain for Kinergy. She is a mother, fitness instructor, and she just went on tour with Oprah Winfrey. Please help me in giving a warm welcome to the amazing Chanel Monique Young. Hello, I'm absolutely honored to be here and hearing you say all those things out loud is kind of fun. I, I Thank you for all of that. I'm going to receive that moment. That was fun. Of course, girl, <laughs> receive that moment for like five years. You, uh, you are one of my personal idols, dance heroes, and I love what you do. And I'm so excited to chat today. Thank you so much. That's that's such a blessing to hear because I feel like when you're in it, you just get so caught up in the day to day and every day looks different. And I'm like, what am I doing today? And then I sit back and I hear it and I'm like, wow, I'm really proud of myself. That's really, really cool. And I'm so excited to chat with you. And this is just amazing. I'm really, really happy to be here. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Of course. So Chanel, I would love to know a little bit about your journey and kind of how you got to where you are now and growing up did you have one big inspiration for dance or one epiphany where you felt this is what I want to do or did you grow up in a family where dance was just everywhere and it was kind of like oh this is what I'm going to do or take me a little on the journey um, okay, so that's a really funny question because to be honest, I never ever in a million years would have imagined myself to be a professional dancer. That was never my plan. Um, I've always loved to dance. I've danced my whole life. I I started acting before I danced actually. So I acted and did a lot of modeling as a kid and I worked with Disney and I that was kind of my main focus and it was just really fun. And I was like such a tomboy and an athlete and always really sporty. Um, and then I found dance and it was like, to me, this blend of those two worlds of like the athleticism of playing sports, but also the creativity and expression that I got to feel when I was acting or modeling. Um, so yeah, I started dancing late for a kid, which is like, I think I was like 11, maybe when I started oh to dance goodness. for a kid that's late. Kids start when they're like two and a half or three. Yes. So I always felt really behind and I never felt good enough. I never felt like that was my strength. I was good at it, but it, it I don't know. It, I never imagined that I would be where I am now. I just loved it so much. And I feel like maybe because I started late, I always kind of had this chip on my shoulder of like, I have to work extra hard. I have to do extra classes. I have to study extra hard um, to be to caught up, I guess. Um, so I danced my whole life. But after I graduated high school, I actually went to the University of Utah. When I went to college, my plan was to be uh, I was an astrophysics major, so I studied astrophysics. What? And it's so wow. funny. I, <laughs> and I was dancing the whole time, but I went to school really, I loved space, I loved math, I loved science, and I was really, that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to study physics. So I went to school for astrophysics and cosmology. Um, at the time, uh, I was dancing for the Utah Jazz with the NBA in Utah. 
while I was going to college and I was taking ballet classes at the U just for fun, just to keep dancing at school. Um, yeah, I was still living in Utah and really planned that I was going to move to Hawaii. I was going to be a professor at the University of Hawaii at Manoa and I was just going to be an astrophysicist and that was my plan. Um, I got about three and a half years into my degree, so I was almost done. Truthfully, I got into my senior year and I started to see what the job was and I fell in love with these, just learning how things work and learning the science and the, just the physics of the world and of space and my brain could go so deep into that direction. Um, I fell so in love with that part of it and the reality of the job is just a lot of number crunching and a lot of math. Mm -hmm. and you sit in a lab all day long and you take these numbers coming in from telescopes and it's just calculus all day to figure out one pixel of what is the one color of this one pixel. And so when I started to realize that, I was like, oh, this is actually isn't at all what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and at that point, I started to really understand, this will tie in later to conversation, but yes. I started to really understand that I was focusing so far outward on trying to understand all of these things and my love relationship with physics and with the metaphysical world and with quantum physics was really a lot more spiritual and fluid and started kind of to pull that focus inward more and and study more energy and spiritual healing and energy medicine um so at that point I realized that degree was going to do me no good mm -hmm. so I stopped with my astrophysics degree and I actually uh, studied exercise science and nutrition and which has been a huge blessing in my world now as a trainer and and the stuff that I'm doing now it kind of was a little more relevant to what I was actually doing in the world so I did that and all the while I was <laughs> dancing for the Utah Jazz I was touring a lot with the Utah or with the NBA all over the world and yeah. dancing commercially um choreographing still dancing but even at that point in time I still was like I'm not going to be I was a professional dancer already <laughs> and yes this is just something I'm doing for fun. And I feel like God or the universe or whatever you believe in just kept putting these opportunities in front of me. And I would just, I wasn't auditioning for things. I wasn't seeking things. They just kept coming to me very organically. Wow. And I don't say that from a place of ego. I was so focused on something else that I received these major opportunities and really recognized that it was the universe trying to be like, Hey, you should pay attention to this skill set that you have because it's actually your calling. So I started to kind of put less pressure on school and more focus on my creativity. And after I finished the jazz, um, I had my first child. So I have two kids, a six-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter. And when I had oh. my son, that's kind of when I was like, okay, I'm going to be done doing this university thing. I'd gone to college for six and a half, almost seven years and was still just like not trying to get a degree because I didn't want to be a physical therapist. I didn't want to be an astrophysicist. I didn't want to work in the medical world. So none of it really made sense. Right. But I just had all this information and all this education and truthfully just wanted to create and wanted to dance and wanted to choreograph so I stopped going to school at that point and that's when I moved to LA after I had my son um this was in 2013 and oh. began to really focus on dance and choreography and I that's when I got signed with my agent and yeah, everything from there just kind of blossomed and one thing led to another and led to another and somehow I ended up on stage with Oprah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. That that is just so amazing. And I love how you talk about the universe or God or you know, whatever people's beliefs are of just it just like what was meant to happen, it just kept on happening. And it's I love that natural flow because I mean, I think in life, just we can, 
you know, push for things that we may want, but at the end of the day, I believe that too, of what's really meant for our highest, best good, our soul, our calling, it's just what's going to happen. And it's just going to, you know, show up. Yeah. And it's just at that point, making the choice, are you going to fight against that? And like, had I just given up all of these opportunities that were coming to me and ended up in a lab somewhere on an island, I would be so miserable, you know, and not saying that that's the wrong thing to do if that is somebody's passion. But for me, that just was so, it it killed so much of my creativity to think Mm. in that way. And I still now in retrospect and with Kinergy and with the tour and with the everything that I do it's like I I assumed when I stopped my physics degree that I just kind of threw all that information away and was starting over and the truth is now that's such an integral part of who I am on the tour and who I am as a professional moving forward and I get to I feel like now there's so much more information available about energy medicine where 10 years ago for me, that just wasn't available. I didn't have people like Joe Dispenza or John Amaral to study and scour and like obsess over The internet wasn't even really a thing yet. You know, it was like AOL and MSN messenger. Yeah. <laughs> so really just on my own in that world. And now I see how everything's just coming full circle and it's all so connected. And there's this, beautiful structure and information and knowledge you could keep seeking knowledge forever but the truth of it is once you just let go and kind of surrender to I don't know for me this the spiritual side of it all or just trusting in the plan that's meant for you that's where all the magic happens you don't have to know all the answers or push to make something happen one way you know you can just follow your joy honestly right universe has your back they'll just carry you along so that's at least been my experience I love that that's beautiful so I would also love to know growing up did you ever have instances where you felt like you were struggling with anxiety or insecurities and I think as a, a dancer for you how did dance impact your relationship with your body and your mind Um, Okay, so this is, (laughs) we're going here today. This is actually a part of my life that I feel like I don't share very often. And, and I'm, I'm happy to share it here because I don't feel as ashamed of it, I guess, as I used to. But for me, a lot of people don't know, but I had a very, very difficult, very difficult childhood. I grew up with no dad, which I know is, it's not like my struggles are any more unique, but I want to share it so you have a a better understanding. Of course. Um, but my, my dad wasn't in the picture at all. And my mom was, um, medically disabled and really not present in my life at all. She was addicted to several different kinds of prescription medication and really kind of just a vegetable that existed in my house, but wasn't capable at that point in time to be a nurturing mother. So thank heavens. I took a a community dance class with one of my neighbors. I used to spend a lot of time at friends' houses because truthfully, that's how I would get to eat food or experience the world was through whatever mm-hmm. my friends were doing at their houses because my home was not healthy. It was not a healthy environment for children to grow up in at all. And so my, my friend let me come with her tour dance class. It was a community class. I think my grandpa took me or something and and I had a dance recital I ended up finishing this rec center class with her and we had a dance recital and thank heavens for my grandpa he saw me on the stage and was like wow she was born to do this this is I see this light in her and this potential and I know her family can't provide this for her so my grandpa paid for all of my dance classes and he really facilitated me getting into a better more competitive studio and 
and being able to access that. And so for me, dance was my safe space. That's the place where I went, where I, I got to express myself and I got to feel loved by my teachers and I got to feel seen child right. and I got to grow because I didn't receive that kind of attention at home and all I wanted I just craved attention from adults and that manifested in so many unhealthy ways in my life and in my childhood and in my teenage years but um for me dance really really was my safe space where I got to just be myself and express all of this hell that I was living as a child um yeah so kind of going back to your question I feel like I don't necessarily know how that ties in so much for me. I, I feel really blessed. I guess I've never really had a negative relationship with my body. That's never mm-hmm. something that I've experienced. I know that's a very real thing for a lot of people, but my struggles were in different areas. I struggled a, a lot with anxiety and stress and abandonment and trauma and sexual wounds. And I, I struggled with a lot, but I always had... I want to try and be really clear about this answer because I, I did have those issues, but it was in a different right, right. It was never in like a self-conscious way. I was very abusive to my body, like with drugs or with sex as yes. a young child because I was more trying to self-medicate or numb or get attention. Um, so there is that side of it. Yes, if that makes sense. No, totally. That totally makes sense. And I mean, I. And just, this isn't the best word, but I just feel so much for your upbringing and I just have so much empathy and compat. I mean, it's just, you're such a successful, incredible human being and you're just such an inspiration. And just for so many young teenagers who may be their home in any way, shape or form, it's just not like ideal or they feel that lack of love or understanding or they don't feel seen or heard from their parents. I think just having those outlets like dance or music or anything, it just really can create this fan, not a fantasy world, but can just be such, you just leave your world for a second for five minutes and that so strongly like that was dance for me that was studying for me that was space for me studying outer space for me that was reading harry potter and like magic for Mm -hmm. me i was constantly escaping my reality and it took me a long time like really into my mid-20s to to even recognize that i was doing that and running away from everything to where now i feel so whole and like i've i've really looked at all these pieces of myself and integrated them and and yeah, it's almost like before I was like trying to be successful and pushing ahead just so that I could make it out of this really terrible situation that I was in. Um, I used to watch like e true Hollywood stories as a kid or like music videos and just whatever was on TV. And I just yeah. daydream about those, that life of like being on a stage like that or having a home like that or having a family like that, whatever it was, that was like my fantasy world was whatever was on TV. So I feel like in the beginning, I think I just pushed through everything and wanted to know more and be better just so I could be seen and be acknowledged or feel significant in some kind of way. Yes. The first part of my journey, I feel like was being fueled by such an unhealthy intention, but it still got me to where I was. And it took me really until probably until I had my own kids and started to really understand what it is to be a mother and what it is to be a nurturer and 
then I had to learn how to be a mother and nurture to myself and mm-hmm. be what I always wished I had to now where I, I feel like I'm manifesting these experiences and opportunities and drawing things into my life from a really crystal clear, healthy, intentional place. Yes. From my own self-worth and my own self value and and really just wanting to contribute to the world and connect to the world not from a place of needing to be seen to feel significant or needing to be smarter or better or the winner or whatever those unhealthy thought patterns were yes oh my gosh I literally like my mouth is on the floor because everything you're saying it's so true and it's just so eloquently said I mean just I'm like in shock. It's just, it's so beautiful. Um, I really just have so much admiration for what you do. And I, for me personally, when I was a teenager, I struggled in my own way. I had horrible chronic anxiety. I had severe body image issues where my relationship with myself, I I just had that destructive self, like that inner self-talk where I would look in the mirror and immediately just like autopilot, I would go, your forehead's too big, you're too pale, that's why that guy doesn't like, it was just so, it was just this pinball and it was so heartbreaking and so sad that I spent so much time creating these stories that I don't, probably weren't even really true, but I just would come to these conclusions of, Oh no, well, I'm Megan Gallagher and I'm the, you know, the funny, goofy people don't take me all of these things. And it's just now as an adult, I'm like, none of this serves me anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I totally connect to that. Once you say that, I feel like I, I did used to struggle and still sometimes it creeps in, but now I can catch it and turn it around quicker. Um, but just with those negative destructive thoughts, um, for me, a lot of it was my skin, especially after I had my kids, I had really, really bad hormonal acne. And I feel like it just made it worse almost that it's like, every time you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, you're so ugly or, oh, you're not good enough or you're whatever. Yes. But I I started this practice and I don't know where I picked this up from, but I used to, I had to force it in the beginning. Now it's just Mm -hmm. every time I look in the mirror, I would just say, I love you and look into my eyes and just say, I love you and, and say it enough times until I actually believed it and it brought me joy and a smile to my face. And then I would start to call out beautiful things about myself, about my face, about my mind, about whatever. So that, that was a practice that helped me a ton was almost to force myself first, just to say it, even when I didn't Mm. believe it. And, you know, and that still creeps in. I don't know that that ever goes away. I think you just kind of retrain your mind to recognize it and disassociate it quicker to be like, oh, that's not, that's not the truth. I'm not going to hold on to that thought, you know? Yes. Pass through and then you're like, cool. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I would also love to know Chanel in your whole career as a dancer and wearing so many different hats, have you ever had a moment or epiphany, surreal out of body experience where you felt, Oh my gosh, my dreams are happening right now. Like just that moment of like, whoa, 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 you know, this person I'm here. Whoa. How did this happen? Or thinking about your 10 year old self of just like, I made it. So many times I honestly, I feel like I say this constantly, like this is a constant thing, probably once a week in my life that I'm like, wow, if I told my 10 year old self this, like she would be so happy. And it's honestly, 
I, I think just because I did grow up in such a rough world and really had to climb my way out of it from truthfully, from truthfully, from the time I was like 18 on, I, I can honestly say I have lived in just complete awe and gratitude of the experiences that have been given to me, big or small. It could be a job I'm doing for free with kids that nobody would know their name. And I'm still just like, wow, thank you so much for, for this opportunity and being in this moment, you know? So to me, I definitely felt that on Oprah. There was, that was a constant, that was a crazy one because I had this, this massive realization with every show, with every rehearsal, with every time I got on a flight or was going anywhere, I was like, oh, I'm going on tour with Oprah. I'm, I had to say it out loud, <laughs> I'm going on tour with Oprah. I, right now I'm going on tour with Oprah. Like it was so hard to believe and internalize because it's so, it's so big. Right. Um, yet at the same time, I've never felt more at home or more comfortable or more like I was exactly where I was supposed to be with no anxiety and no fear and just feeling completely exposed and vulnerable and open. And I've danced in arenas for the last 10, 11 years of my career. And I've never, ever felt that sense of just like, I'm completely naked in essence of like, there's no mask. There's no, I'm not performing it. This is just me. Right. So it was like this, this realization and this deep gratitude of, holy cow, I can't believe I made it here yet. At the same time, I feel so authentic and vulnerable at the same time that I'm like, I'm just being me. There's no, there's no performance anymore. There's no mask. I'm just here with these beautiful people. Yes. This moment together. It's, it's crazy. But to answer your question, I feel that daily <laughs> of my life I'm like wow I can't believe I'm here this is incredible I'm so grateful yes I mean especially with Oprah I would be like whoa I mean I I would like I feel like I'd blow up into confetti like I don't know what to do no you know I think the craziest part is the literally the craziest part to me is just that it never felt I had to say it because I know it's big, but experiencing it, it literally just felt like I was at home with my brothers and sisters and cousins and friends, like a big family, extended family party. That's yes. people that I've known for lifetimes, all of us from the cast to the crew to Oprah, like there wasn't one person. We literally all just instantly connected. It was the most beautiful synchronistic experience on every single level. Like we became a family instantly. And I just was, was spreading this light and this information and this expression with my family. It was wild. Oh my gosh. It's just crazy. That is so crazy. And that is one thing I truly love about Kinergy. And especially I've watched all of your videos and the performances from the Oprah tour. And that's just, I love how natural and raw you all are, like with the color and your outfits and just the imagery and just the movements. It's so refreshing. And it's, you know, it's not, it's just, it's just really awesome. It's really, really empowering to see all of you on stage. Just so to me, it's just like stripped down, just authentic and it's just, I love it. And it's really, I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything like it. And I'm, I'm so grateful to even hear that that's what you feel. And I hope that that's what people feel. That was kind of our whole intention and the whole 
intention of the training process that we went through and rehearsal process was to just to remind people that there's no separation. There's no separation between you or Oprah. There's none besides a job. You know, we're all just human beings here to express and connect to each other. So yeah, it was so refreshing because I'm so used to being on jobs or on sets or on a stage where you feel like you can't mess up, that you have to get it right, that you have to be perfect, you have to be clean. You have to yes. Be and there was that. There was this structure and we were clean and we were in sync together, you know, but the, the truth of it was we were just so fully expressed and so free that that was, that just happened naturally because we were all connected to ourselves and connected to each other. There was nobody like forcing us to have to be perfect. It just, it got to unfold. And in my mind, it was perfect because we were all just authentic and fully expressed the whole time. Yes. I mean, that's, it's just, it's really, I genuinely just, I love Kinergy. And I, I so get that of whenever I go see a concert or something. I mean, it's wonderful, but I love just how you said we want to like all connect and we're all human beings and it, there's no, you know, hierarchy or this person is this like, you know, celebrity and you can't look at, it's just like, we're literally all human beings. Yes. What you said, it's just, some people may have certain jobs, but I love that. Just, it's about connecting. It's not about, Oh, this person's their body looks this. It's just connection. Yeah. That was, that's it. That's, and that's the whole philosophy behind Kinergy too, which is why I'm so grateful that it's even wandered its way into my life. And it's, it's become such a huge part of my life and a huge part of my personal mission, but it, that's the whole philosophy is just connecting to yourself. And when you really are connected to yourself, you're able to connect to other people. And when you're able to connect to other people, we're able as a collective to connect to the world and to really live from a space where anything is possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I, that's so beautiful. So I would love to know if you had a, an hour and you could have lunch or dinner or grab coffee or green juice or anything with your teenage self, what would you tell her? Oh, what would I tell her? I would tell her to love herself more, to uh, just keep going and mm -hmm. to know that everything she desires, even the dreams that are unspoken in her heart, the dreams that I would have or that she would have never dared to say out loud, that every single one of them will come true and it'll be better than you ever could have imagined. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that just, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's so, for me, so true. And what I really want to instill in my children too, I think I look at my life now and it's truthfully everything I dreamed of, but never dared to say. It was easier for me to say, I'm going to go to school and do this logical thing. And my life is going to look this way and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to really do it right. And, and the dreams that were in my heart really were to live in Hollywood, really were to act and to dance and to sing and to express myself and to help people and to serve. And, and I never would have dared to say those things out loud for fear that they might not come true. And the truth is just that if that, if you have a dream inside of your heart, that's who you are. You can't deny that it's going to come to you, whether you like it or not. And you'll be provided opportunities every day to either step into that one more day or 
close off and settle for what's comfortable, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm grateful I decided to keep stepping into the fire. (laughs) I'll keep stepping into the fire because God knows. Yeah. I love that. So with every guest, I love to pretend that this is a radio show and we have people calling in and asking questions and I love to imagine that there's teenagers calling in and they're, you know, Megan, Chanel, I'm having anxiety. I'm having this. And let's say that there's a teenager calling in who says, Chanel, I love you. You're my idol. I want to be like you. I, I love dancing. I love movement. I want to be a choreographer. What would your best advice be for a teenager who wants to break into that industry or how can they get started? Um, okay. I would say my best advice would just be to keep creating, even if you think it's bad, um, to never stop and to not judge it because the only way you're going to get there is by continuing to do the work and to continue to create. And if you want to be a choreographer, ask as many studios as you can to let you set pieces or come in and assist people. That's a, a brilliant way to step into that world is to be able to be an assistant to a choreographer and understand because there's if you want to do it well, there is a business to it as well. And it's not just this creative makeup dance steps or learn choreography or memorize lines. It's an actual business and a career. And and I think that's the most valuable piece is if you can start to learn the business as soon as possible and to study under people who have done the kind of jobs that you want to do. Um, yeah. And, and, and just learn about the industry that you want to be in. I think that would be my biggest advice is, you know, if you want to, you want to choreograph figure out do I want to choreograph music videos or do I want to choreograph stage pieces do I want to choreograph uh, dance theater or contemporary and then go as far into that realm as you can and study and, and eventually you'll end up exactly where you need to be but you have to do the work to, mm-hmm. you know it's not just going to come to you because I mean I, I can say even to that there have been things that I wanted and this just shows how powerful I think that the power of manifestation is yes. there have been that I wanted to have so bad and I I was manifesting them from a place of lack or needing to be seen or significance or whatever and they came into my life and I got these opportunities but I wasn't ready for them mm-hmm. and then and then it ended up being this anxiety-ridden stressful experience where I was feeling like I had to like I don't know, grow 10,000 levels in one day because I was surrounded by people who were truthfully just more prepared in the moment than I was. So to be willing to take the time too and know that you'll get there and you have time. And I used to think I was an old dancer at 21 and the truth is I was just barely even getting started. So there's no time limit. So just to allow yourself the time to, to gain all the tools that you need so that when you become a choreographer or when you break into the dance industry that you come in as a valuable asset to whatever team you're working with. And it's not just all about you. It's, it's how can you serve the community and what are you offering? What do you bring as an offering to that experience? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so perfectly said. And I love asking that question because I just personally remember when I was in high school, I had so many dreams. I wanted to be a voiceover artist. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to go on tours and just, I wanted to be a hype person <laughs> at concerts. And I felt like no one was really showing us the steps of how do I 
become a professional this? How do I make money doing this? So I love to just, because I know that there's teenagers listening to this all the time who some want to be a chef or a baker, dancer, um, seamstress, anything. And it's just, they love like these tangible tools of, oh, so it's not so, you know, like daunting or, oh, but I can't, but it's like, oh, I can take step one. <laughs> feel that so much. I can just, from my own personal experience, I, again, grew up not with a ton and I didn't have, I wasn't just like dancing from age two and doing every convention and I wasn't just surrounded by this world all the time. It was really hard work for me and, and I think just to know too now that, that kids have access to so much information on the internet that we didn't have. So I felt that struggle of having to learn all these lessons on my own and having to learn everything the hard way and having to just fumble my way through it because I didn't have mentors or people to guide me. So mm -hmm. now you no know, excuse, I guess, if you want to do something, you have unlimited resources at your fingertips. You just have to really be passionate about it and be interested and be willing to study and you know, get lost in YouTube for hours over your yes. For yes. Reach out to people on Instagram. I've had people reach out to me all the time asking if they can assist me or come and learn or just if I'm teaching anywhere. So don't be afraid either to ask for what you want. If there's somebody that you know that does what you want to do, there are just humans on the other side of that screen. So send a message and say, hey, I would love to work with you. I would love to do what you're doing. Can you mentor me? You know? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. So true. So now we are going to get into rapid fire questions. These are, <laughs> I know. Um, these are some fun, super silly, just off the top of your head questions. So number one, if you could be any junk food ever, what would you be? I could be any junk food ever. What would I be? Oh, I'm thinking cereal. Yeah. Really a junk food, but it's my junk food. <laughs> it's so good. Everybody loves cereal. Oh, it's so true. I haven't had cereal in so long. <laughs> Live for cereal. Oh my gosh. And then second one is what is the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you? Oh. Okay, I'm thinking of one moment. I'm sure there's more. This is the first one that came to my head. And truthfully, it's really, really hard for me to get embarrassed. I pretty much have no shame and I'm always willing to fail in front of everyone. Yes. It's still a huge reason how I like how I got to where I am because I I'm not afraid to fail. Um, but there was a show that I choreographed. It was for a, a jewelry company. They were doing this big end of year banquet thing it was a corporate event we hired all these dancers and did like a Cirque du Soleil style show for their oh my gosh and we got to the event and it was on carpet which I should have known it's like a ballroom carpet and we didn't have the shoes that we wore were like way too sticky for us to do any of the choreography that we were meant to be doing so we had to just wear our tights on the carpet and it was so slippery so I and this is like one video I need to find the video because it's so funny but we did this like turn ponche section that I can't remember exactly the choreography, but I remember it was just like a turn and a ponche and I went to go turn and immediately just felt like face on the carpet. And I was like, Oh no, I'm on the floor. <laughs> and had to Oh my God. And of course there's like all these, we had hired all these kids in the show and it was like all levels. So there's like hundreds of people that have it on video and I'm just like, cool. I'm glad that's the moment that 
lives on forever, but I also think it's really, really funny. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, good for you for just being fearless though. What you said, like it takes courage to dance on stage too, and to put yourself out there. So clearly you like totally own it, but that's like still so hurt. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. I think it was like the worst because the, the floor was like cement with really, really thin carpet over it, you know, like office carpet. Yes. Like face on the cement. And I came up and my face was like bright red and everyone's like, oh, and I'm just like, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> nobody saw that. I'm sure nobody saw that, but everybody saw that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would melt. I would, I don't know what I would do. Um, and so my last rapid fire question is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, the best, Ooh, I have two. Can I share two? Of course. The first one, which has stuck with me forever. And I don't know why it seems so simple, but there was this cutest little old woman that said this to me once I told her it was my birthday or maybe I was my coming up on my birthday. And she was saying like, please make sure for the rest of your life, you enjoy every age. And that just stuck with me so much because I feel like as a, as a kid, you always want to be older or you want to be 18 or you want to be 21 and then you want to be 25 or whatever it is. And then when you get older, you want to be younger all of a sudden. And it's so true. It was like 17, maybe when she said that. And I've carried that with me forever and always just been like, wow, it's a privilege. It's a huge privilege to be alive. And I am so grateful to be 30. This is such a huge privilege that I get to see 30 because not so not everybody does. And I don't, wish it were different or wish it away. So, and I think as a kid too, I, I always wanted to be older. I wanted to be able to move out. I wanted to be able to drive. I wanted whatever. So just really, really enjoy every age. I love that. And it's so true what you said, because we're always constantly, when I'm five, I want to be 10. So my parents treat me differently. They treat me like a big kid, like an adult. I want to be 21 so I can drink. I want to be 16 so I can drive. And then I'm 24 right now and I feel like myself wanting, oh, but I miss when I was 19 and 18, but you have, it's, you have to, you should enjoy every age because like you said, it's a blessing and it's a privilege and not everyone gets to turn, you know, some people, unfortunately, like it's just, it's so true. So that one has always stuck with me and I'll never ever forget that piece of wisdom. The other one my mom used to say to me all the time, especially when I was going through my really, really hard times that she used to just always say, um, the greatest gift I could give to you would be to see yourself the way I do. And I feel like that has always, oh. <laughs> yeah, the world looks at you kindly, truthfully, you know, I mean, there are people maybe who don't, but in all reality, the world, you're, we're meant to thrive. We're meant to feel love. We're meant to connect and, and give and receive love. So just to try and look at yourself through other people's eyes every once in a while and not be so harsh, you know, see the love. Oh, that's so, oh my gosh. My eyes just started welling up. Cause that reminds me of something like my mom would say of just, it's I, for me, I feel like I'm constantly what's next. What's next. How can I be better? This motivational speaker is doing this. How can I be, but it's, I mean, what, you know, what's going to happen? Am I going to reach 95 and then all of a sudden be like, now I love myself. Like I want to start practicing it in the moment and not turn 95 and think, Oh, in hindsight, I should have, I just want to be like, Megan, this is where you're meant to be. This is where you are physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like I, that to me, I'm going to write that down. Cause that I need that reminder. 
she actually put it on a sign and I hung it in my bedroom, <laughs> which I just, I love it. So that stuck with me forever. So, yeah, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Chanel, for being such an incredible guest. And your story is so inspiring. And thank you for being so vulnerable and just open and honest. It's so refreshing. And I am so excited just to see how many people you've already inspired so many people, but just, I love it. And I would love to know so everyone can find you. Where can people see you on social media? Um, I feel like I'm most active on Instagram. That's kind of where I really am checking in every day and posting things as they come up. So that would be at Chanel Monique. Um, that would be the easiest place. I, I have Facebook, but I kind of just share everything from Instagram there. I have a TikTok. I've posted like two things on it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. I love TikTok. <laughs> People love it. And I'm just like, I can't. I'm like, it's just like. I feel like a grandma just like what does this do I can't figure it out so I am on TikTok it's chanel.monique but hopefully that'll just be chanel monique soon working on that um everywhere on every social media platform it's just chanel monique twitter YouTube. amazing what's in those YouTube yeah oh I love it so before we go I would love to know do you have any fun upcoming projects that you could talk about or things in the works that are just up and coming um, yeah, I feel like for right now, that looks so different because what, what I was supposed to be doing or what I'm <laughs> doing in this moment, everything is on hold. Um, so yeah, as far as, as far as all that stuff, mm -hmm. I'm trying to decide what to share because there are things <laughs> I'm coming up, but I don't know when they'll be coming up. Yes. Post quarantine, more things will be happening. Um, but for me personally, this has been a huge blessing to get to work on my own personal projects that I've been wanting to release. So I am actually working on a couple different webinars right now and um, a seven day challenge and, and just some more kind of like curriculum based things that'll land on my website or on my, on my Instagram. Um, I don't want to reveal too much about what those yeah. are kind of self-development uh, mentor kind of training guides. Um, some will be in, regard to nutrition or maybe dance and entertainment industry. I have one that's a little more uh, healing and metaphysical with like using crystals and essential oils and food as medicine. So yeah, kind of working on those things right now and getting ready to launch. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Congratulations. I'm really excited. The stuff that I've been meaning to compile and, and actually put into form for a long time. So I'm excited about that. Um, yes. I love that. Tune in post quarantine and we'll see. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I think this time it's obviously been very scary, but it's for me personally, like I've had so much time to just like, what does Megan want to do? And just have, you know, more time to focus on myself and to meditate on it and to just feel into what does my body want to do? What is my gut? What is my you know gut saying? But it's really powerful. Yeah, totally. I'm basking in it. I'm really loving this time. And it's, it's given me so much freedom to actually do the things that I keep putting off, like the challenges or the webinar. I'm, I really, really want to write this book that I'm, I'm going to write this book, but I just haven't had the time and it'll be a long time coming and it's in process, but I'm, I'm actually having time to work on it right now. It's just really, really fun. 
So that's so amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Reaching New Heights podcast. And remember, always strive for more. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. I want to leave you all with this. Everything is happening for you, not to you.